My doctor said what is a program for health information. Be careful that if you want treatment and diagnosis of disease, you need to go to your local health care provider. Hi, I'm Dr. Frank with the podcast, My Doctor Said What? It's Frank Talk about your health, making you an advocate for your health and your best life. Have you ever talked to your doctor or health care provider and thought, what did they just say? That's what we're here to talk about. We're going to be covering a wide range of topics over the coming weeks. Things like diabetes, heart disease, weight control, blood pressure control, sexual health, uh, GI health, reflux, all the things that affect you on a daily basis so that you can understand what your health care provider is saying, what your insurance company, company is covering, and how you can better serve your own health because you are the master of your future. So today we're going to talk about three topics. How to choose your health provider, your primary care provider. How to deal with your insurance company, that's one topic. Menopause and menopause, or andropause as it's known. And those three things I think will fill our 15 minutes today. Look forward to you sending me comments and questions on mdsw at gmail.com. And again, this is Dr. Frank with Frank Talk About Your Health. So choosing a health care provider. How do you choose? It's not like your plumber or electrician, although there are some similarities. What you want to do is go on health grades and your health care provider's insurance network, match those two up, find the ones that's taking new patients, that has the best health grades, that has no actions against them, that is currently licensed, and then you can match a couple up because you'll want to go in and talk to them. It's very important that you do not make your health care provider a veterinarian. You have to interact with them. It's not a one-way conversation. And you'll either get an MD or a DO as a physician, both equally qualified, equally trained, or if depending on your circumstances, you may have a PA, a physician's assistant, or a nurse practitioner, which are fine. I would ask you that as your primary provider, you probably want to be careful that if you have very um, complex health problems, you're at high risk groups, you have issues that are pretty, pretty extensive, then you want to go with your primary care physician. Otherwise, nurse practitioner and physician's assistants are fine, wonderfully qualified people. And if you relate to them well, you'll get great care. So with that, you want to make sure you have insurance coverage. See what that insurance coverage, if you work for a company, is usually a great thing. But if you don't, you may find a lot of times that cash pay is actually cheaper than insurance. So you always want to ask. Also, you want to make sure, and you'll have to talk to your financial advisor about how that's a deductible, but some of those costs like health savings accounts and that are, health, are tax deductible. So you want to make sure... And I can't emphasize this enough. When you brag and say, I haven't been a doctor in five years, that's not a good thing. You want to go for a yearly physical. It's not expensive. It requires just a minimal amount of lab tests, a urinalysis, some blood tests that have some normal parameters that are all healthcare providers understand and know that can keep track of where your health is and compare it year after year. Because you have to remember, pathogens, those things that cause disease 
and I'm a pathologist and toxicologist, public health doctor, I look at the causes of disease and how to prevent them. If you want to have your disease treated and diagnosed, you need to go to your individual health care provider. And that's the disclaimer we'll have on every show, just so you remember. This is a health and wellness information podcast. But you want to uh, talk to your health care provider, explain carefully what your symptoms are. If you don't have any symptoms and you're just there for your physical, tell them that. It's important that you monitor year after year because there will be changes with age. I know that very well. And uh, I can speak to you not only from expertise, but from experience. (laughs) So at my age, you've experienced many different illnesses, thankfully all curable at this stage. The earlier you find you have an issue, the better you can treat it. And you're going to have to take care of yourself. You know, little known fact, I throw this in there for free, something simple like flossing your teeth. We found that there's a correlation between plaque in your teeth and gums and plaque in your arteries. So if you want to reduce your cardiac uh, risk factors, you want to look at that carefully and do easy things like that as well as control your weight, etc. So again, in choosing your healthcare provider, make sure it's someone you can relate to and you're happy with. If you're not happy, tell them. If they don't understand, tell them. And be very careful to how you explain your symptoms. You can't say my hand hurts. You have to say my thumb hurts and what kind of pain it is. It's a level of one to 10. It's maybe a three or four, or is it a six or seven? Is it searing pain? Is it numbness? Is it pins and needles? The better you describe your symptoms, you have congestion. Does that mean you have drainage or you don't have drainage? You just have swelling in your sinuses. Tell them to the best of your ability what your symptoms are. Common issues like back pain and that, you need to describe exactly. Does it go down your leg? Is it in your lower back? Is it in your mid-back? Is it in your neck? All those things are important. And when your doctor says, when they're doing a test or something and say, you, you may feel a little sting or a pinch, that's what you're gonna feel. If they say you're gonna feel a little pressure, that's what you're gonna feel. If they say you're gonna have some discomfort, that's a pretty good level of pain, so you might want to grip <laughs> a towel or something and be uh, ready for that. So always ask. There are no dumb questions in medicine, so remember to ask. Uh, give props to the nurses that will be taking care of you and providing care. Uh, usually you'll have a lab that's taking the blood or the nurse. Uh, if you have blood pressure issues and you do your own blood pressure at home, which is cheap and easy, you may find that you have white coat syndrome. So you want to f- make sure that that's an accurate reading and it's not caused by anxiety that many people have in senior health care provider. With that, we're going to move on to the fun stuff. Menopause. Oh, men and women's favorite topic. Let me tell you some of the things that are misunderstood about menopause. Natural function of aging. If you have an intact uterus, you're going to go through menopause. If you don't, you have an early DNC or hysterectomy, you're going to go through it early. And you'll need hormone replacement if it's artificially induced. If it's naturally induced, you're going to find you have a variety of symptoms that will probably start for most women in their early 40s, and it's called perimenopause. So that is when you start having uncomfortableness, insomnia, you tend to be a little moody, you are anxious, 
you have skin and hair issues, you have itching of the scalp and sometime of the abdomen, you'll find that you uh, have uh, vaginal dryness, you have thermal regulation issues, normally called uh, um, hot flashes, night sweats. So you have a number of uncomfortable symptoms that most people don't realize that you start getting many times in your early 40s. The bad news is it's not going to be over in a month. It's going to take an average of three to seven years, and it can stretch out 10 years. Many women that have not experienced childbirth tend to go into it earlier. So most women, the average age is 50 of when you actually enter menopause. The definition of menopause is when you stop having a period, not regular periods. That's part of perimenopause. They'll get irregular. That's part of the whole process. It's reverse puberty. So you get all those wonderful things like pimples that you haven't had since you were a teenager and all this wonderful things that your husband just or partner can't understand why you're complaining about them, but they're real. Hormones are powerful and they have many interactions, both mentally and physically. It's a high chance of depression or anxiety many times during menopause and you have to be aware of that. You're not your normal self. But your normal self is going to be that way for a while. And one of the most discouraging facts and the ones that you don't hear from your OBGYN many times is that when you reach menopause and you have your last period, you haven't had a period for 12 months, that's the definition, that's not the end of your symptoms. You will continue to have some of the symptoms, and those symptoms will change over time. Your thermal regulation may get better, but your mood may get worse, or vice versa. You may continue to have night sweats. And some of those symptoms will be lifelong. Vaginal dryness, once it occurs, tends to be more of a lifetime, and you're going to have to have ways, like all other health issues, that you'll work around. So not to be the uh, bearer of bad news or anything, but it's all things that can be worked around. One of the things, a hot topic, is hormone replacement therapy, HRT, and you'll have to understand that that's an individual decision. It certainly can lessen symptoms. Uh, the current thinking is transdermal patches of estrogen, small quarter-sized patches that you put on your back or near your waist, uh, usually replaced about every seven days, and then a daily progesterone pill if you have an intact uterus, is, will level out your hormones and many times make the symptoms much, much more bearable. And everybody has to make that as an individual decision. There are some people that will be at risk for certain types of cancers that would not want to go on hormone replacement therapy, but they've become so um, good and, and bioequivalent hormones now that uh, their risks are very minimal and they're uh, really have some wonderful benefits for people that don't understand what you're going to be going through. If you're 30, you don't care. If you're 40, you're going to care. And 40 comes up quick. <laughs> As I can say, 60 comes up quick. So the better f your fitness level is, the more your weight is in control, it will affect many things, including things like menopause. Less known phenomena of reverse puberty is in men, which again starts about in their late 30s or 40s, and that's menopause or andropause is the technical term, and you have many of the same symptoms. It's amazing because you start losing testosterone instead of estrogen and progesterone, 
And what happens is you lose muscle mass and, and you end up getting the, the wonderful middle-aged middle, just like women and, uh, do in menopause. Things that exercise can help tremendously. You're, you don't want to have your testosterone just fall off rapidly when you're 40 years old. And the more you exercise, the more you keep your weight under control, the longer that curve will be and the easier it will be as a man to adjust to it. You will, as women in menopause, lose sexual desire. Your libido will decrease. Uh, you will have to work at that much more than you did when you were younger. Uh, you will get things like acne all of a sudden on your face and back, which you haven't had for a long time. Uh, skin will be drier. You will have normally thinning hair will get even thinner. Uh, you will undergo many symptoms. Uh, you'll have increased body fat, change of moods. You'll even get hot flashes and thermal deregulation or regulation issues just like women do in menopause. Don't talk about menopause much, and that's because men are usually in denial, but it happens, and you cannot prevent it. And you can say, well, you can take hormone replacement like women, which is testosterone-like therapies, and those have much higher side effects than women's hormone replacement therapy. So you need to be careful. You need to talk to your health care provider of what your options are. Most men will find their symptoms very, very mild, if they can keep their weight in check and have a reasonable level of fitness, including uh, resistance exercise, weights. That's very important. That will help you make a world of difference in your decline in testosterone. You will have a much, much slower decline. You will keep much more muscle mass, have better metabolism, be able to keep weight off easier, keep your waist in line. Fun fact, uh, BMI of uh, body mass index of lower than 25 has been recommended for many years for men and women. There's some newer measures in medicine. We find that if you take your height in inches and divide it in half, I'm 72 inches tall. That means I divide it in half, 36 inches. That's what I want to keep my waist below that 50% level of my height. So that's a great rule of thumb and happens to be in addition to your BMI of a, a sign of good weight management. You can do a lot of other things that are more esoteric, but you don't need to do that. Remember, send your comments and questions to Dr. Frank at mdswpod at gmail.com.